Welcome to the NBA Morning News. It is Wednesday, January 1st, about 11.55 on the East Coast. Um, it's my, it's a, uh, it's another solo deuce, people. Solo deuce. First solo deuce on video. So bear with me. I'm going to do, it's going to be the same type of format as our last solo deuce. I'm going to go through all the games. I'm going to hit the stories of the day. But generally when I'm on video and I'm on camera talking to you guys, I also have Alex to bounce off of. So when he's talking, I can change box scores or I could change graphics or I could do all this stuff. So just, you know, stick with me for a second. First solo deuce without Alex in a while. Alex is taking the night off. Um, but we had a big slate of games, 11 games to get through tonight. Huge, you know. Brad Beal, 60 points and a loss. Absurd. Great game between the Celtics and the Heat. Knicks are still rolling. Good night in the NBA. Tons of action. There's still, it is, like I said, it's 11.55 on the East Coast, so there's still two games going on right now. We got the Clippers and the Warriors heading into the fourth quarter, and we have the uh, Kings and the Bulls heading into the fourth quarter as well. Uh, So those we'll talk about at the end of the show. But obviously, look, um, it would be remiss and it would probably be kind of tone deaf to do a show today. We do the show five days a week. So, you know, there's NBA games today. So I, I, there was no thought on my mind of not doing a show. Um, but it, it would be tone deaf and in probably a wrong of me to not at least address. It's been a, a rough, a, a, a pretty awful couple days, uh, you know, I in our country in general, um, starting yesterday, and and it's and it obviously has impacted the NBA quite a bit in terms of just what the NBA went through last season and what they continue to struggle with, and the country as a whole. But as it relates to this show, yesterday, the news that none of the officers involved in the Jacob Blake shooting were charged, uh, in in Kenosha, Wisconsin which obviously is very close to the Bucks organization and everyone in the NBA, particularly the guys in the bubble who protested when the shooting happened. And then, of course, today was a pretty awful day, probably for, that for the history of our country, something that we won't forget anytime soon, the culmination of something that a lot of us have been waiting to sort of be done with for quite a while. Um, there was, you know, we talked about it. We, we we discussed everything that was going on and some in my in my my thought obviously with watching the news throughout the day and seeing rioting in the nation's capital and people taking over the capitol building and trying to take over the capitol building and everything that was going on today um you know i kept an eye on the league there was obviously discussions what was going to happen with the nba would they play games would they protest again and ultimately the decision by the NBA was to continue playing games. We saw teams put out statements. We saw teams take knees and do their own forms of protest as they as they do. And as I, when the Jacob Blake shooting happened during the restart in the bubble, I didn't do shows while teams didn't play basketball. I said that I fully support whatever the league and the players want to do in these type of situations. And tonight they're playing, so I'm doing a show. Um, but of course, obviously, terrible situation. Um, something that we probably won't 
it's probably not over and we, we there's probably more to come out of it. But obviously our thoughts are with anybody who was impacted directly by the rioting, um, particularly the woman who was shot and killed in in the Capitol. This is not a political show, but I, you know, I feel like, of course, I got to say something because it is a strange day to do an hour long basketball show when the country is at the state that it's in. So that being said, I mean, look, the show goes on in the NBA. So the show goes on here. Um, if you know, regardless of how you feel or where you lean or, or what your thought process is. I, you know, I, I just want to do continue to do this show. Maybe it gives whoever watches or listens a few minutes to forget about things. You know, it's midnight on the East Coast. It's a good time to just chill. Maybe watch the end of this game as I'm watching it with you guys. And listen to me talk a little bit about the NBA and what's going on around the league. Because today was actually a very good day of NBA basketball. The as opposed to the last few days where it's just been blowout after blowout. There was a couple blowouts today, but in, in, in overall, it was a really good day of basketball. Um, so where to start? I mean, I, I gotta start with the the Wizards and the and the Sixers. Brad Beal drops 60 points on the 76ers in a loss. Uh, one, the Sixers who are absolutely rolling, we'll talk about more in a second. Sixers win 141, 136. Uh, and, and obviously the only reason the Wizards are even remotely in this game is Brad Beal goes 20 of 35 from the field, seven of 10 from three, gets the line 15 times, scores 60 points. He had 57 points at the end of the third quarter and finished with 60 points. This is pretty absurd if you think about it the wizards fall to 2 and 6 after everything you know 80 points between russell westbrook and brad beal i talked about this in the playoffs when donovan mitchell scored 50 and lost um when you look at guys like brad beal and you see you know third in the nba in scoring last year uh, or excuse me second in the nba in scoring last year now at the top of the league in scoring again and then goes for 60 and can't get a win regardless of who it's against. I understand that Beal said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm here, I want to play here, and, and the trade rumors have kind of died down a bit. But you got to think, when you're talking about a guy like Brad Beal, who's so talented, uh, we talk about guys wasting their um, their primes all the time. Like, that's something that we talk about. Like, oh, this guy wasted his, whether it's whatever sport it's in. Like we saw in football the other day, they were mic'd up. We saw J.J. Watt apologize to a guy like Deshaun Watson for the season that they had when he was so great. And you look at a guy like Brad Beal, who's playing at the absolute peak of the game, and his team still is just not good. So you got to wonder, how many times can a guy score 60 in a game and lose and be dropped to 2-6 and six on the year in, a, I guess, a, a year where you probably anticipated them being at least a little bit better how long until this thing starts to blow up and he starts and he really, really wants out? I would imagine a few more games like this and it's sooner than later. And I would imagine it's already time to start keeping an eye on 
Brad Beal rumors and trade deadline. Where is he going to be? Will Brad Beal be on the Washington Wizards at the end of the year? A couple more games like this, and I would almost, I would have to almost guarantee no. It just seems like it's going to get ugly quick if he's having games like this. Now, he's not going to have 60 every night, but the point being, if he averages 30 again and they still suck, how long can this guy be happy there? And there will be the people who argue he chose to be there. He signed the deal to be there, but, you know, he's, he's the prime of his career gets wasted when he's dropping 60 in losses. It's a, a rough, it's going to be, a, it's a rough situation for the Wizards right now at two and six. Can they turn things around? Sure. Did it look like maybe they were starting to get things rolling a little bit? They won a couple games? Sure. But this is a devastating loss for specifically for a guy like Brad Beal. Just, you, can't, you can't feel like this team has any chance or that your organization has put you in any way possible in any way to succeed when you're when you can drop 60 and lose score 136 points drop 60 and lose that being said the team they lost to just happens to be the hottest team in the NBA the best team in the NBA right now the sixers who are seven who who go to seven and one and this is actually a huge win for the Sixers. I would argue this might actually be the biggest win of the year for the Sixers for this reason. Entering the game, the Sixers had the best defense in the NBA. They've been absolutely dominant on defense, and in particular, when Joel Embiid is on the floor, they are absolutely dominant defensively. What they showed in this game is that even when a guy goes for 60, even when a team scores 136 points on you, that they can go toe-to-toe. And that's a big deal because, look, defense is great. Got to be a good defensive team, but you also have to be a good offensive team. And not that they weren't playing well offensively, but the idea that not only can they dominate you defensively, as they've shown early in the year, but they can also go and put 141 points on you. Joel Embiid, three... It goes against everything I believe in about the guy, but 11 of 20 from the field, which is incredible. Again, having a career year from the field. Three of four from three. I hate that he still took four threes, but hey, he made three of them, so good on him. Get to line 13 times. 38 points, eight rebounds, three steals, three blocks. And Monday's Sunday night show, Monday show, I already started the... My overreaction was... If the, if the Sixers play this way, Joel Embiid is going to have a strong case. And if he keeps playing this way, he's going to have a strong case at the end of the year to be in the MVP conversation. I feel like I was one of the first people saying that. Then today I see a tweet, basketball references MVP tracker has Joel Embiid as the leader as, for MVP right now. He's playing out of his mind. This team defensively is playing unbelievable basketball. Doc Rivers has them rolling. Seth Curry, if he gets 28 Regardless of what the other team does, it's going to be tough for you to win. Ben Simmons looks pretty rejuvenated. 17, 17, 12, and 6, I'll take it. He only, still only took nine shots, but I'll take it. I mean, this team is just playing incredible basketball right now. I still <laughs> I still contend the same thing I said to Alex yesterday on the show, and I'll say the same thing today. Ultimately, at the end of the day, when it comes playoff time, when it comes to these big games, I still think... 
Tobias Harris is going to have to play at the level that he's played early in this season for this team to have a chance to come out of the East down the line. I think he has a chance. They have a chance to be really great if he continues to be great the way he is. Embiid, the way he's playing right now, is at an MVP level, but ultimately they're going to need that wing scorer and that wing player to be one of the better players for them. And Tobias has done it early in the year. We'll see if he can continue to do it. Alex, my co-host who's not here tonight, uh, has was very down on Tobias's contract and down on it in general in the offseason. He's living up to it right now. We'll see how it goes. But Tobias has looked really good, and this team just looks incredible. Um, Jamie Gibson asks, are y'all ready for Harden? Who, Jamie, who are you asking? The, the Sixers? Um, I guess to answer that question, my co-host... Uh, Alex, who lives in Philly, who's not here today, who is who loves this, who's a diehard Sixers fan. He, I think he's he's been banging the drum that he would love to see them move Simmons for James Harden. Um, but I would be interested to see, and he'll be back tomorrow. I'd be interested to see if um, he still feels that way with a seven and one start, best defensive team in the league right now and just rolling over everybody. But again, they still haven't played the toughest. They still haven't really played anyone tough. Uh, they have the Nets coming up, but no KD. So we still haven't seen, but this is a huge test. I mean, they overcame a guy who scored 60 points. Um, so I, I would be interested to hear from Philly fans where where they where they stand on on a potential Harden deal right now. Because when you're playing, when you're seven and one, I mean, they, they said, Daryl Morey said, you know, hey, we're going to evaluate this team and see what we have here before we make any major deal. And right now, they're 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 the best team in the NBA. It's eight games into the season, is it? You know, how much can you take from that? Eh, it's 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 a great start, and we'll see if if you know the Harden thing is even still on the table, especially now in Houston. We'll talk about Houston in a second. They're losing games. They don't look very good. It seemed for a second that Harden might actually be changing his tone about being in Houston, but if they keep losing, I can't imagine it. Um, so great, great win for the Sixers. Rough, rough for Brad Beal. I mean, it, that stinks for him, but hey, that team's struggling. We'll see if he, I, I just don't see him being there the whole year. Uh, next game, the the Knicks, dude, what, this is, uh, this is just unreal right now. What's happening in New York with this team. Um, Knicks win their third in a row, fifth fifth in their last six, and it's not just that they're winning games, dude. It's it's look at who they're beating. They've won three in a row, five of their last six, and four of those five were against the Jazz, the Hawks, the Bucks, and the Pacers. Pacers are rolling. Bucks are the Bucks. Jazz were playing great coming into this game. They have been playing really well. Um, and Atlanta's been up and down, but those are still all playoff teams. This is the New York Knicks. They're five and three. And credit where credit's due, Tom Thibodeau has this team rolling. They're playing good defense. But Julius Randle is playing like an MVP candidate right now. And that's not even hyperbole. Look at him tonight again. 30 points, 16 rebounds, seven assists. I get over from three again. But this guy, he's absolutely put this team on his back, and he's become the all-star level player that I thought he would be last year. And then watching the end of that game, Austin Rivers looks <laughs> Austin. It's you know when they signed Austin Rivers, I think people were like, "Why? Like, what's the point? Like, why are you doing that? Look at this guy. I mean, he he looked incredible at the end of this game. He finished with twenty three 
on nine of 14 from the field, he's not going to shoot five of seven from the field every night. But man, this Knicks team is absolutely rolling. You got to give credit to Tom Thibodeau. Now, when you look at this roster and you consider the fact that they're uh, that they are leaning so heavily on a Julius Randle on you know 22 points from Alfred Payton, uh, 23 points from Austin Rivers. Is it is it very realistic and does it make sense for you to assume that they're eventually going to come crashing back down to earth and this team is definitely not as good as they're playing right now? Absolutely. You would not be wrong in thinking that and, and assuming that and that because it's the Knicks. But good guy, they're playing great right now. They're a top 10 defense in the NBA and they have a guy who is absolutely going to be an all-star this year the way he's playing and maybe more because – Julius Randle is playing at an all-world level right now, and it's it's fun. I say it all the time on here. It is fun when the Knicks are good. As much as I am not a Knicks fan, I live in South Florida. I grew up hating the Knicks, but for the NBA, it's fun to see. I, I hate their owner, despise the man, but it's fun when the Knicks are good. And the Knicks right now with Tom Thibodeau, who everyone – there will be the questions about the minutes. Alfred Payton paid – Alfred Payton played 42 minutes, Mitchell Robinson 41 minutes, Julius Randle 39. But I contend that for a team that's not supposed to compete or even be good, I don't care. Play them all the minutes. Let them go. Just let them play and win games, man. Change the culture. We worry a lot of times in sports about this, about the wrong things, like continuing to build through the draft and what's the point if they're just going to be decent. This team needs an entire culture overhaul and when I was working for the Hornets, we came off of a seven-win season, a 20-win season, and then we brought in Steve Clifford, and we went to the playoffs in his first season, and it changed the culture of the organization around. Now, that is a di- it's different in Charlotte. It's hard to win in Charlotte. It's hard to win in some of these organizations when where ownership's not great. But this is the Knicks. If you can prove that you can build a winning team and compete, who knows what happens? Maybe players do want to come back to New York. It, we who knows, but it's a step in the right direction that Tom Thibodeau has these guys playing well. Uh, as far as the Jazz go, um, four and four. This is kind of what I anticipate their entire year being: ups, downs. I don't love their roster. They didn't improve in the off season. Um, they're playing two guys that I think I'm probably more athletic than. Uh, Donovan Mitchell shoots eight of twenty three from the field. They're not winning games. Period. He the game I watched their game the other day. He's their entire offense. He does everything. There are a lot of pick and rolls. There wasn't a ton of ball movement. They shot 14 of 44 from three. Not good. Him and Mike Conley combined two of 16 from three. Just not gonna, you're just not gonna win games that way. And that's just what the Jazz are gonna be. Um Raptor Grant Gang Time said Raptors Cade. I don't I don't know what that's supposed to say, or Harden. Um yeah, I'm gonna talk about the Raptors in a second because they're a mess. Um but yeah, this Utah team, it's not surprising. They're going to be up and down to me all, all, all year. Um, Celtics Heat, good win for the Celtics. They pulled this one out. Uh, you know, they were up they were up six late, I think it was. I watched that entire game. Um, and then the Heat got a couple big threes from Duncan Robinson and Goran Dragic hit a three late to, to, um, to tie it. And then my guy Peyton Pritchard, this kid, you know, didn't have a great game. Three of ten from three from the field. Oh, four from three. Six points. But 
Marcus Smart has a one-on-one drive, goes to the basket, misses, and Peyton Pritchard just comes out of nowhere. Peyton Pritchard, who is probably listed at six foot, looks like he might be 5'11", um, gets a tip in with 0.2 seconds left for the Celtics to beat the Heat. So Celtics now, they're th- they've won three in a row. They're starting to get things rolling a little bit. Still not healthy. Still no Jeff Teague back. Jeff Teague's not playing right now. Still no Kemba. He's supposed to play in January, but not sure when he's going to be fully healthy. But they're already starting to look good. And, it's, and look, it's Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown show. And everyone's just there for the ride. Good, you know, deep, they have a, the roster looks solid right now. Peyton Pritchard's come up huge for them off the bench. Uh, but Tatum and Brown are just so talented. Um, and they're well coached. It's a good team. They're six and three. They're rolling. On the other side, you got the Heat, who they've gone loss, win, loss, win, loss, win, loss. Three and four on the year now. Um, Still playing good defense, but offensively, if Jimmy Butler gets you 26, you should win because it's well documented on here that I believe Jimmy Butler to be one of the most frustrating star players in the NBA because of his, because of, um, because of the way he refuses to shoot in some games and take over. But then he has 26. Um, you should win games, but the Heat have become so dependent on the three-point shot. And I talked about this on another podcast actually earlier tonight. It seems like they're so they're pressing so much um, that to get the offense going that they pass up easy shots. They're driving to to pass. They're driving to pass so much instead of driving to score. There's opportunities for all these guys. Tyler Hero got to the line five times tonight, but he's really he's averaging only one and a half free throw attempts a game. Um I he they just they some of these pick and rolls where they're they're automatically going to the lob, they have opportunities to get to the rim. Um guys, if, if you're reliant, I mean look, Andre Godala went three of five from three, that's not going to be a regular thing. Kelly Olenek, three of six. Kelly's played good since he got into the lineup, but he, that's not sustainable. They need to they need to figure out get into the they scored in the paint 40 points, but it just seemed like there are so many more opportunities to get to the line and get to the basket. Gang time, I see you said Butler's been hurt and every everyone else has been bad. Their best player, may, their best player may be a rookie. Um, I don't know that I get that I necessarily um, agree that their best player may be a rookie. Precious is, is has a chance to be a very good player. Jimmy Butler has been banged up and he got banged up again tonight. Uh, he's He's been dealing with the ankle, and then something happened with his knee at the end of the game. He still played really well. He still, I mean, twenty six points. I'll take it. You know, I said in the playoffs last year, if Jimmy Butler takes twenty shots, the Heat are tough to to beat. Uh, he took nineteen. They lost by two. There you go. I mean, I don't know if, if it's that simple, but it, it, he he just there's so many times where he gets into the paint or he gets near the rim, and he has opportunities where they can't stop him when he gets going downhill, and I just. He, he 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 gives it up. I would love to see him score. He's frustrating that way. Uh, Gang time also said Pritchard's dark horse rookie of the year. Like Brogdon feels like a typical rookie second team member on a good team. Does good limited minutes as a seventh man. Yeah, I, I I don't mind that. I mean, he's definitely a dark horse for rookie of the year. I don't know that once the Celtics are fully healthy, I don't think Pritchard will be in that discussion because once Teague is there, and once Kemba comes back, obviously his minutes will go down. But he is really he is playing much better than 
where he was taken. Uh, he's definitely a sleeper um, to, you know, be an all an all rookie guy, which I don't think a lot of people expected. People were just down on him in general because he's small and not super athletic, but he has played really well. I don't know about rookie of the year is going to be tough for him. I just don't think he'll, it's a, it's a numbers based award. And I mean, at least with Brogdon, when he got it, Brogdon was one of their, you know, top two or three options on that team at the time. So, um, but no, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a good possibility if, if Kemba, if Kemba's injuries linger, then there is definitely a possibility that he could get enough minutes to be in that conversation. But I think on a night in and night out basis, he is, he's like the fifth or sixth option at best on this team. He's just not going to get enough touches and looks to, to be in that conversation at the end of the year. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. But Heat need to get that offense figured out. It's been a struggle for them early in the year. Uh, we got Rockets. Uh, Rockets lose another one to the Pacers, who are playing really good basketball. Just really all around, just good basketball by the with the with the Pacers right now. They're six and two. They're at the top of the looking like top of the East. And you know what's crazy? The Pacers have a shot to have legitimately have a shot at two All Stars this year. And Victor Oladipo is not one of those guys. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon had 35 tonight. He's he's averaging it like 23, 24 points a game. He's playing great defense. He's running the offense. And DeMontis Sabonis looks like an all-NBA player. This team is fully healthy right now other than TJ Warren. And I don't, I don't see them slowing down as long as they stay healthy. They look really really good. I know I've been high on them on this podcast for a while now, um, but if Brogdon's playing like this, they're unbeatable. Uh, Justin Holiday gets 20 off the bench. It's really good, um, but, but, um, but you know, Oladipo looks healthy. Uh, obviously, he didn't shoot well tonight, but he looks healthy. Um, but Sabonis, so the way Sabonis and Brogdon are playing, this team... I, Last year when they made all these deals, I said this a million times, but last year when they signed when they got TJ Warren and they got Jeremy Lamb, who also still not pl- who's not there, um, I, I just it's I thought this was a top four team in the East last year. They're playing that way now. We'll see if they can sustain it. But Sabonis looks like he's on another level, and so does Brogdon. Um, let's see, gang time again. If they are on a historic level, it'll be three Brogdon, Sabonis, Old Depot, maybe Turner for Defensive Player of the Year. Well, they need to get Warren back, gang time. Yeah, Warren's got to come back. Um, I mean, I can't even imagine. Like, he's not even playing right now, and he was incredible, one of the best players in the bubble last year. So we'll see what happens when he comes back. Um, but, yeah, as far as – but they're playing great basketball. It's – it's. I just love – I like seeing parity, and we just don't know right now in the East. There's so many teams playing really well. Um, so st- – Pacers at six and two. I love Malcolm Brogdon. He's one of my favorite players in the NBA. So I, I love seeing him play well too. As far as the Rockets, Jamie Gibson said Harden looked disengaged. He only had 15 points. Uh, yeah. And more, more, I would say more concerning, Jamie, than the 15 points is 14 shots. Uh, there should never be a scenario ever. If you're talking Rockets basketball, if you're talking about a team with James Harden, that James Harden is third on your team in shots in a game. In a game, by the way, that you that you could have won. They only lost by seven. The best score and arguably the first or second best individual score in the NBA only takes 14 shots. So, Jamie, you, you got a great 
point there that only 15 points and only taking 14 shots, you know, he had 12 assists, but that's what he does. Uh, not a good look for this team. And yeah, I mean, that would be a sign to me that a guy who has been wanting out um, and has been requesting trades and we still think he wants out, it seems like, yeah, that does seem like a guy who is absolutely disengaged. And that is not a good sign for this team because when John Wall and Boogie came back from the COVID protocol and Eric Gordon, they won two in a row. And the the post-game press conferences kind of seemed like maybe he was turning the page. Maybe he saw something here, but now they've lost two in a row. They're two and four. They're at the bottom of the West already. Uh, sucks for my guy, Steven Silas. I love Steven. Great dude. I was with him in Charlotte, but this is going to be a rough year for him. Uh, we'll see what happens because the teams that have been discussed in the Harden situation are playing well outside of Miami. Does Miami have what it takes? Will Miami be, will my, is Miami willing to give up what Houston wants? Does Miami need them? It's very contentious topic down here in South Florida where I live. Um, I would make the deal. I don't know how much you got to give up, but I'd probably make the deal. I think he would make Miami better. But yeah, Harden does look, it clearly looks a little disengaged. Gang Time says John Wall's been playing than ever, better than ever. Yeah, uh, he has, he's looked, well, <laughs> that's that's fair, Gang Time. It's, uh yeah, uh yeah, you know, Toronto and Boston were also mentioned with Harden, but I don't know, like, I don't think Toronto has enough and Boston looks good. So I don't know that either of them would do it right now. It just, it's a weird thing with the Harden. I think it, you would think his market would probably get better as teams evaluate, but also all these teams that, we're potentially going after him all look really good. So I don't know what, what you do there, but John wall. Yeah, he is. He looks good, but um, it, he looks better than ever, but it also, you gotta, he, ha, it, he, it seems like he hasn't played in 10 years. So yeah, he looks good, but he, he kind of just looks like what he looked like before he got hurt, which is great. Um, but is it enough? I mean, those teams um, just, you know, they were just okay in Washington and, now, if, if they can't get it together with him and Wall, they're just going to be okay in Houston, which is not okay with James Harden, obviously. Um, let's go. Uh, oh, by the way, Pacers were one of my three picks last night. I had Pacers minus two. They ended up winning by seven. So that was one of my picks. This is another one of my picks. I, uh, I told you guys last night on the show that since Gallinari's been out of the lineup for the Hawks, their games, their total – between the two teams, they've been they've been under the total, the over under total three games in a row. This is their fourth game in a row now, way under the total of two thirty two um, that Vegas set. It ends up being a total of one ninety six between the two teams, and the Hawks continue to really, really struggle in these last four games without Danilo Gallinari in the lineup. Uh, when he was in the lineup, the first four games of the year. They're if they're four and four now, um, they've lost four of their last five. They were averaging 129 points a game. Since he's been out, they're averaging 101 points a game, and they only scored 94 points against the Hornets. Uh, which it, this is a fascinating thing with this Hawks team because the the Gallinari the the move to get Gallinari was great for them. I thought it was going to be a really nice move. I didn't think that their success offensively was going to hinge on him. They have they have, they have tons of talent on this team. Uh, Bogdanovich only had two points. Trey Young, two of nine from the field, seven points. I mean, this is this is just 
sort of an, and it's crazy to think that their offense has just sort of fallen off of a cliff in the four games without Gallinari. And what does that mean really for this team going forward if your success or failure hinges that much on Danilo Gallinari, who's a very good player, but it shouldn't, it just shouldn't hinge on it that much. Like they, the, the, the Hornets, by the way, not a good team. Like it took 44, by the way, one of the quietest probably 44s of the season, I'll also say, by Gordon Hayward in this game. But this team has not played very well this year. Gordon Hayward had to get 44 for them to score 102 points against the Hawks, who are not a good defensive team. Hawks can only score 94 points without Danilo Gallinari. That is a massive, massive concern if I'm a Hawks fan, if I'm watching Hawks in terms of where are they going to finish in the East? Could they, are they, you know, some, I think people, you know, I'm going to compare the, this Hawks team, not in terms of how good they actually are, but to the hype, to what happened last year with Utah. When Utah went and got Mike Conley, people were saying they could be a top three team in the West, which was absurd. I think when they got all the, when they got Bogdanovich and Gallinari and Rondo, who also didn't play again tonight, people started thinking, oh, this is a top half of the East team, but they don't defend. And if they're hinging so much of their offense on Danilo Gallinari, I can't imagine that this is a top half of the East team. Early in the year, eight games in, they've lost four or five. They need to get on track quick uh, because this Trey Young, I, I don't, that's got to be his worst performance, maybe as a pro. Two of nine for seven points. Uh, Gang Time said Hawks did this last season as well, need to play Herder and Hunter more. Yeah, Herder had 19 tonight. Um, Hunter played 33 minutes. He had 17. So th- those guys played good. Uh, Hunter's been starting. He's been playing good. The Herder thing is actually weird. Like it's interesting. Herder is a guy who, if the Hawks wanted to make a deal, the Hawks are a team. I know you wrote, you said the Pelicans are a dark horse for Harden. The Hawks are a team that I believe could be a dark horse. And I've said from the beginning, cause they have all these pieces. Um, and he would fit. I mean, can you imagine Trey Young and James Harden in an offense together? It'd be pretty, pretty dynamic. Uh, and they have a lot of young pieces. And I, I sort of talked about how I really like Kevin Herter, but then you go and get Bogdanovich, who only played 18 minutes in this game. He had four fouls. But when Gallinari's there, somebody has to not play. And Herter is one of the guys who I think minutes suffer a little bit when everyone's healthy. But it's a good point. I wonder what happens there when everyone's healthy. Who, who? Because Herter, 5 of 12 from 3, that's... That's uh that's money for your team. Um, but yeah, it's it's not ideal that they struggle this much without Gallinari. Like it shouldn't be that bad, especially against a, a just a decent or not even decent, probably not very good uh Hornets team. As far as the Hornets go, like I said, Gordon Hayward, 44 points. Crazy like um a, a, like a, a wild 44 points from Gordon Hayward. That might be a career high. I'd have to double check that. But I said this yesterday and I kind of said it in jest, but it's continuing to look like it, man. Devontae Graham has completely regressed. He is shooting awful from the field. He's shooting awful from three. It was awful again tonight. Two of 14 from the field, two of nine from three. The Hornets, not that this team has a chance to compete to, to be one of the better teams in the East F, like at all. But they definitely, the way the bottom of the East is, had a chance. They have a chance to compete for that final playoff spot, maybe. But if Graham is this, if he's regressed back to potentially a G League player after being 
one of the most improved players in the NBA last year. They got no shot. This kid needs to continue to develop, and he looks horrible right now through eight games. Um, just why? Yeah, not not. So good win for them, but you know, I I don't put any much stock into it because forty four from Gordon Hayward is not going to happen often. Uh, let's go to the Bucks and the Pistons. I'm not going to talk about this game very long. Bucks win their third in a row. Uh, it's almost like every time the Bucks win, it's like, oh, okay, the Bucks won. They got another win. Um, 25 from Giannis, 23 from Middleton. Seems like they're starting to get it going a little bit offensively, figuring things out. Uh, Portis, 16 off the bench. Portis is going to be good for them. I really like that pickup for them. Uh, Holiday, not a great game, but what? who cares? They won by 15. Uh, for the Pistons, Jeremy Grant just continues to be the number one option that no one ever thought he could be, even though they're one and seven. They're the one of the worst teams in the NBA right now. Um, but 31 for Jeremy Grant. He looks very good. Blake Griffin d- did not play well. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, the kid Killian Hayes, their rookie, he he's hurt, so he's going to be out for a while. So now they're starting DeLon Wright and Wayne. That backcourt's a mess. This team stinks. This team stinks. I don't know what this team's doing, but this team stinks. Um, and they're going to be bad. And and they spent money, and I, I just don't know what the what the plan is here, but this team is not very good. I would love to see Blake Griffin get traded to a, a decent team so he can win some games. Um, but... Um, that's really all. That's really all there is to say about this game. Like the Bucks win a game that they should win, and the Pistons are, the Pistons are awful. Yeah, game time. Pistons need to get value for Griffin and Rose. I agree. Um, yeah, Hayes. Yeah, I'm going to talk about Markel Fultz in a second, but Killian Hayes. Yeah, that sucks. He's a rookie. Sucks for him to go out. Um, but even so, like, yeah, if the Pistons, if there is any value to get. For Blake Griffin at this point, they should get what they can. Derrick Rose's contract is very movable, so they might be able to get something for him. But they're going to have to do something because these guys, first of all, Derrick Rose can be a really good player on a good team. So can Blake Griffin. He just makes a ton of money, so it's going to be harder to move him. But yeah, they got to they got to do something because it's not. I I just I hate seeing those guys dwindle away at the end of their career on a team that looks like they're going to struggle to win ten games. So. Uh, where are we at next? Magic. All right, so this is the one. Um, Magic beat the Cavs, but obviously the big story in this game is Markel Fultz. Tore his ACL. He's out for the year. This this sucks, dude. This this is one that is really rough. Um, the guy goes first overall, has all these struggles in Philly, the, the shoulder thing, the shot thing, gets new life in... Um, Gets new life in Orlando, playing with my old coach that I worked for, Steve Clifford, a guy who really knows how to develop players and put players in a position to succeed. Fultz has looked like he has totally transformed his game. They reward him with a, a rookie extension. He got his deal a couple of day, a, like last week, and now uh, out for the year with a torn ACL. ACLs, guys come back from him. It just sucks. I'm happy for him that he got his deal before the ACL tear. But the other thing about it is, this kid Cole Anthony is no joke, and now Cole Anthony will be their starter probably, and it just sucks, man. It sucks to see anybody go out for the year, but Fultz, Fultz was turning out to be a great story because he was looking like he was going to be another, an absolute, like one of the worst first picks ever. The way he started his career in Philly, now he's at least bouncing back to be a competent 
solid starting point guard. By the way, on a six and two Orlando Magic team that is exceeding early season expectations, I would I would think when they still don't have Fournier, who's been out for a little bit. So that's that's it sucks for them. Um, so we'll see what Cole Anthony can do to to pick up the slack for them, but not great. Um, but you know that that's really for me in this game. You know the the Cavs they fall back to four and four. Still Isaac Okoro played, so that's good that he's back from his injury. Darius Garland's still out with the shoulder strain. Sexton's still playing well, but this team's they're gonna continue to get worse. Um, unfortunately for them, Drummond's still a fan to a beast though. But that's neither here nor there when we're talking about this game. Uh, Magic man, six and two. I'll be interested to see if they how they sustain and what how this changes things with Fultz out. But maybe when Fournier comes back, maybe he enters the start. Oh, he would be. Maybe he's their point guard. Maybe he runs the points with Dwayne Bacon in the backcourt. I don't know. It'll be interesting. Cliff Cliff will figure something out there. But um, yeah, that's a great point, dude. Just gang time killing it today. Magic signed Fultz and Jonathan Isaac out for the season. Gordon isn't well. Yeah, Gordon's been injured too. And Vooch is good, but yeah, the, the Jonathan Isaac thing, s- signing um, signing Jonathan Isaac to that big deal, and then he's out for the year, and now Fultz gets the deal, and he's out for the year. That's crushing for them. Jonathan Isaac was a huge part of the future for this team, and he still probably is, but um, with Jonathan Isaac out and now Fultz out, that's two of their young guys that I'm assuming they were hoping would be part of their future core that you know, now a six and two team, they're, they're probably destined to fall off at some point. Uh, all right, let's roll through these last few games of the night. Um, Thunder, <laughs> Thunder beat the Pelicans. That's a, not a good, that's a bad loss for the Pels. And especially when you get 29 from Zion, 24 from Brandon Ingram, who look like one of the front courts of the future in the NBA. They're, they're studs, but I guess, look, I think the Thunder are the worst team in the NBA. The Pistons are are fighting them for that distinction, but I think ultimately the Thunder will be the the worst team in the NBA. They're obviously they're competing in games right now. I think it'll get worse and worse as the season goes on. Even a blind squirrel finds a nut from time to time. Thunder get a I guess a good win, but I, but also like are there good wins for a team like the Thunder who are blatantly not putting out a a, a competitive team on the floor? Like, do you do they want to win? Like, does Sam Presti sit in his office and cringe anytime they win a game? Um, I don't believe in tanking. I think winning games always helps. But also, he clearly did put it put together a roster that was not meant to compete in basketball games this year. And so, winning games, I don't know what it means for them. I, I so I would say good win, but is it a good win? Like, are wins good for a team that is this bad? Um, but I just, yeah, I don't, yeah, I, I, it's it's worse. It's a worse win for the Pelicans. Dropped to four and four now. They're super talented though, so uh, I, not a huge concern. I think Stan will get that together, but not a. That's a bad loss for. Wow, Stephen Adams had a triple double. How about that? Stephen Adams ten points, eleven rebounds, ten assists. That's a fascinating game for Stephen Adams, and they still lost by a point. Uh, but. They're going to continue to grow. This is a really young team, right? Like you're talking about Lonzo, Brandon Ingram, and Zion are your, really your core three guys. Those guys are all super young and all growing. Like Zion uh, Zion, and, and Ingram look like they're beasts. Um, 
landing on a team with Brandon Ingram was such a, a huge thing for Zion. What, what it just it, it's great for his career because he doesn't have to worry about being that wing presence. Um, and he can just stick to what he does. But not a good loss for that team. They need to uh they have there is some soul searching to do after uh losing to a team like the Thunder, because that team is very, very bad. Um Raptors, here here we go. Raptors fall to one and six. Um and you know it's weird. Like I talk about teams like the Thunder and the Pistons uh as the worst teams in the league. And I never and I still have yet to consider putting the Raptors in this category because they're the Raptors. But they're awful. They're one and six now. Uh even in a game where Pascal Siakam finds find some semblance of normalcy, I mean gets back to being the max player that they signed at 32 points. They they lose again. They fall to one and six to a Suns team who I think is um, top, you know, a top three team in the West right now. Uh, but Raptors, yeah. So gang time, that's what you were talking about earlier. They need Cade Cunningham. It's So is, I guess Cade Cunningham, so this guy's saying the Raptors need to trade for Harden or get Cade Cunningham. Well, here's the thing. So um, they're not going to get James Harden. It's just not going to happen. Um, I, I just don't see a scenario unless they're absolutely, totally desperate where the 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 Rockets take back Pascal Siakam, you know, and I don't even know what the I don't even know what the package would be, because these guys are not good. Like Van, Van Fleet is overpaid, Siakam's overpaid, OG might even be overpaid, uh, and putting those players with like John Wall and Christian, I just it's not a, I, I I don't think you get you're getting the value that you could potentially get from other teams. Now, the kid Cade Cunningham was supposed to be the top pick in the draft potentially. Yeah, you had a real, very real shot at that. You got to win the lottery. But right now they're on pace to be one of the high lottery teams. So um, this team's not good. You knew when they signed Fred Van Fleet to that big money that this was the team. I thought that this was going to be a team that could, that was going to struggle particularly. But then you, you, you look at their bigs again. And the, raw, the the lineup they're playing, they're not going to be good defensively. They lost their two best defensive players in Marcus All and Pascal Siakam. Uh, as far as the Suns go, this team's balling, twenty one of forty from three, and there's that that those that wing duo again that I love, uh, Mikael Bridges and Jay Crowder. They finished nine of sixteen from three. Uh, Booker twenty four points, still not doing anything crazy, just. Fitting within the team, and they're winning games. Chris Paul, twelve and eight. I mean, just an all-around solid or good game from this team. I mean, seven guys well, again in double figures. Cam Johnson finding his stroke. Dario Saric continues to look good. Campaign ten assists in sixteen minutes off the bench. I mean, this team is really good. Um, can they compete in the West? Probably not, but not many teams will be able to compete with the Lakers this year. But they're, to me, watching Denver the other night and watching some of these other teams, I have no question in my mind this is a top three team in the West right now. They are playing really good basketball. Chris Paul has totally changed around the mentality of that team. Um, that they, I just think uh, this team, this, 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 they haven't remotely hit their ceiling 
But bringing in Jay Crowder in addition to Chris Paul, it's a really nice roster construction. James Jones is going to be very much in consideration to be uh, executive of the year, the way this team is playing. Um, All right, the last two games of the night, they both just finished. I'm not even going to talk. Sacramento beat Chicago. I don't – unless somebody jumps in the comments and says that they care, I plan on not talking about that game. Um, But – we got the the Clippers getting a seven point win over the Warriors, and by the way, that's a big win for me because my picks on the show yesterday were Pacers minus four, um, or excuse me, Pacers minus two, Suns minus three, Hawks, Hornets under two thirty two. So I hit on all three of those, but then I parlayed them with Clippers minus three minus two or three against the Warriors, they win by seven. I won 130 bucks. So there you go. I'll take it. Um, but this Clippers team, as well as the Warriors have been playing, and I didn't get to catch the end of the game because I'm doing the pod, but you know, Steph falls, crashes back down to earth tonight, five of 17 from the field, 13 points. Um, it just, you know, they get they needed 19 from Eric Pascal to to potentially be in this game but but that being said this is more to me about the clippers who are continuing to win games which is fine which is good but i would have thought you know i would think not having paul george last game and then losing the way they they did to the spurs they would come back and have a statement win over a bad team like the warriors are just not a bad team. They're a decent team, but they're not what they've been, obviously. Um, and then to only win by seven, they probably – I feel like this is a game that this should be a blowout. These guys, like Paul George and Kawhi, should be taking over games like this. I worry about this Clippers team. I just don't – I don't see it. We continue to put them as the second-best team in the West because of the talent level, but I don't love the Clippers. But they get the win. I guess that's all that really matters. Serge Ibaka had a nice bounce-back game, 12 12- – 12 points, 14 rebounds. He didn't play great last game. Um, and, you know, good win for them. They'll continue. They're going to win a bunch of games, and the question will be, can they do it in the playoffs? Uh, the Warriors, they'll continue to be up and down. Kelly Oubre, 0 of 6 from 3. Uh, I mean, how long can you continue to play a guy major minutes who's just been so awful? He's been so, so, so awful for this team. Hey, look, Jamie Gibson, I get it. Pandemic P, I get it. But the guy, he plays, they win. He didn't play, they they lost. So I called him way off P, but, you know, to each his own. Um, but this Warriors team, it's going to be up and down for them because, you know, like I said the other day, it's it's Draymond makes them a better team, but it is – it's one of those things where the guy only takes three shots and really can't score at all. So you're playing as talented as he is as a passer and he can handle the ball at the four. Can you? How sustainable is it when you have a guy who can't shoot in Kelly Oubre and a guy who literally just doesn't shoot in Draymond? And then you're banking on Andrew Wiggins to be a, a second scorer. Just not a good recipe. Steph, obviously, the last couple nights went nuts and showed his old self, but he can't do it every night. This team's going to struggle all year. I disagree with that. Gang Gang Time says they need to trade for Lowry. I don't know about that. I don't know that I wouldn't trade. If I was them, I would not trade for a vet. 
I don't know that there's a vet that they could get without mortgaging some of their younger players that would make them even a legitimate team this year. I think this the the Clay Thompson injury was devastating for them, and I just think because of it, they need to, you know, they're gonna have to stay the course and just see how this season ends up, and hopefully get Clay back healthy next year and try to make one last run with these three guys because uh, I don't know that doing something like getting a vet like that really does it for them. So, uh, all right. Well, that's, that's pretty much it for, uh, tonight's episode. There's the records in case you guys are wondering, I'm 18 and 10 now on the season. Alex is still 10 and 12 cause he is not here. Well, actually I don't know. I don't remember what his picks were from last night. So we'll update what his record is tomorrow. But until I get his picks, he's 10, he's 10 and 12. If you're listening, if you gamble and you're listening and you're not taking my advice, I don't know what you're doing. Eight, 18 and 10 right now. I'm killing it. Plus, I hit that parlay tonight. It's so really 19 and 10. Um, not making any picks tonight because there's only five games tomorrow. And as far as I could find, I can only find two lines and I didn't like either of them. So, no picks for tonight. Sorry about that. Um, appreciate all you guys commenting and listening today. It, it really actually, uh, particularly Jamie Gibson and Gang Time, like, these solo episodes are not the easiest thing to do without a co-host sitting here and talking for an hour. So you guys commenting was was awesome getting some uh, getting some of your opinions and some of your comments. Really appreciate it. Everybody who watched or listened, um, really appreciate all of you guys. Leave comments, hit the like button, subscribe, rate, review. Um, it's a tough time right now, but appreciate you spending a, f- a few minutes listening and, and watching and Everyone just hang in there. Hopefully things get better soon. But until until they do, NBA seems like they're going to keep rolling. And if we get good slates of games like we did today, things, things will be pretty good. All right. We'll be back tomorrow night. Alex will be back. And uh, we'll do it again probably around 1130 tomorrow night. Join us. Jamie Gibson and Gang Time. Maybe I'll see you guys then. Uh, if not... See you guys next week, but tomorrow night, 1130. Appreciate everybody. Have a good night.